Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Matthew, and I am joined today by Season 41's Abraham and Survivor Now analyst Ali. Today, we are going to be discussing Episode 1 of Survivor Cambodia Second Chances. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel if you are not already, and follow us on Instagram at Survivor Now Podcast and on Twitter at Survivor Now Pod. Hey, Ali and Abraham, how are you both doing today? Hey, welcome back to Survivor Talk, man. Love it. I'm doing well. Perfect. Um, I'm really excited to talk about Second Chances of Survivor. How do you either of you remember much about the season? You know what? This is a this is a great season. Uh, this is the first time that they looked at the season players and say, okay, let's bring players back. But this was unique. They did the vote, so the fans got a chance to vote on the players they want to come back and give them an opportunity to relive their dreams and play Survivor again. For whatever reason, they got taken out early. They got a second chance. Oh, but you know, before we dive into it, I got to take a moment out and talk about Keith. Keith, one of the players that came back, got voted into play. If you saw the season finale of 30, going into 31, you saw Keith in there. Keith was selected by the fans. Keith is no longer with us in this particular world, but Keith will always be part of the Survivor family. Great player, great person to look at on the screen. So if you haven't seen this season or any season he's been in, definitely take a look at him. A very player that was always honest, played straightforward, was supportive of whoever's in his alliance. But Keith, wherever you're at, you're still in the Survivor family. Yeah. Thank you for that shout out, Abraham, and definitely excited to see Keith play this season. Now, you did sort of mention that there was a little twist to how this cast was put together. So we learned early in the episode uh, during that incredible introduction to the season that the fans actually voted to see all of these uh, castaways come back again. What do you all think it means to these castaways to be given the second chance? Oh, God, it means it will mean everything just because especially with some of these people they would have been waiting so many years like obviously kelly and varna and kimmy they've been waiting years for this chance um so i think it would have meant the world to them and obviously they kind of spoke about it in the episode there was a bit of added pressure that they're not just playing for themselves they're playing for the people that voted for them and because this season is like kind of what abraham said this season is so unique because you know that this cast is fan picked so like the pressure for them from the fandom is there well go going out you you only know that you're going out there one time you and then you only know that you want to come back based on how you play even the winners will be like well there's a part of me want to come back and play to see if i can i can do it again but every other player wants to come back after playing once you know there's always going to be a little couple of players that says hey i've lived the experience i'm not going to go back but if they call me tomorrow guess what i'm back I'm packing up them out there. But we get a chance to see some of the players that, as a fan, we want to give them a second chance to see them again. Um, they went back pretty far. Kelly went, uh, Wigglesworth is definitely the start of Survivor. You're being on the very first episode of Survivor. And then you go with Spencer and Joe, some the more recent players that we've actually looked at and got a chance to see play. You know, unless you go back to that first season, which started this all off, which was great. If you ever get a chance just to sit back and watch the first season, this was truly an experiment and a chance to get them to see, hey, play again. Now, it's interesting how they say the fans put this cast together. I, I wonder who didn't make the cut. 
because we only saw a certain amount of people there on the live show, but who didn't make the cut? Because there's a lot of other players that I'd be like, hey, you know what? I would have liked to see them come back and play again. I, who knows? I swear there was, I can't remember, that I know that John Mishk from Sunwound El Sur, they wanted to be one of the people, but he didn't answer the phone in time. I know there was that rumor swirling around for him. Yeah, it's, it's, it's always interesting to see. There's other players that probably got the call and said, hey, I'm not coming back. Or due to my schedule, I couldn't make it back. Taking nothing away from everybody that came back and had a chance to play. Uh, Jeremy has a great story because I remember watching his season with his wife. And I could only, I wouldn't want to play with a significant other. Because as we see a couple of players, not only Jeremy, um, they played with their family members or their parents. And you just don't want to, you just don't want to do your people dirty. <laughs> I'll be like, hey, mom, I got to vote you out. I don't know if I can vote my mom out. I love her. Um, even in a game, I'm like, I don't know. But love the cast. I love who they put together. I think it's going to be a great conversation to go back and look at one of these early versions of Survivor, man. And it's just watching them on that very first episode and starting out, man, makes me remind myself of my preparation before I went out to season 41, watching their season. Yeah, absolutely. And we, you, they have so much to prove at this point. And you can sort of feel that in the air as they're all sitting there on those canoes getting ready for um, the challenge to start or the, the marooning to start. And we get, we sort of mentioned it a little bit before, we kind of get the idea and understanding that the theme of the season, there's a couple of them, but that, you know, the, how the past is haunting. And we see a couple of clues in the edits. Um, for example, Kelly, Willie, Kelly Wigglesworth, I'm going to get confused between these Kellys. Um, Kelly Kelly Wigglesworth mentions how ever since she lost in season one to Richard Hatch by one vote, it's been haunting her. And they actually edit and they cut to Wu and Stephen Fishback uh, as well, uh, who also had similar stories. Uh, so it's kind of interesting to see where that's going to go there. They talk about how this season is about learning from past mistakes. And then we also get the idea of there's an old school way of playing survivor and now a new school way of playing survivor that also sort of gets dragged out through this first episode. <laughs> I thought it was kind of interesting because everybody needs a shelter. Um, I don't know if I would put that as old school because <laughs> you don't want to sleep on the ground. It's everything is on the ground. Um, and each country is unique to say what's on the ground. I can only say what's in Fiji on the ground and you don't want to sleep on the ground. Um, Old school versus new school, because we're saying new era now with the new era mm -hmm. survivor that's out there versus the old school way of playing where you have to really get in there and build a show, a shelter, because that's that's what that's what the work starts at shelter. But also we also see that's where the division starts at. You know, mm -hmm. Ollie, I'll be looking at Ollie. If Ollie looking at the beach and he's trying to jump in the water. Hey, Matthew, we got to vote him out. He, he already shown the <laughs> signs. We got to. <laughs> it is just as easy as that where you. You just kind of watch a player do something and then you kind of see what happens. We're going to see Abby try to fight Abby. You're going to try to fight who you really are and say, I'm going to play differently. But you, you bring the same baggage into the second round, no matter what. Oh, yeah. But kind of adding on to that, I feel like with the kind of new school, old school thing, from my perspective anyway, to me, old school was more focused on like the challenges and how hard you work and what you contribute to the tribe. Whereas I feel like the new school way is right. Who can I who can I align with? Who do I know I can trust? Da, 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 get that done quickly. 
So I feel like, especially with this first episode, you kind of see that debate of new school versus old school. But also, from my sense, I know we'll get into it more, but kind of my question when I was looking at this this episode was, um, was this the season where kind of like the old school way of thinking kind of finally started to go away and we kind of just brought this new new school way of thinking into it? Ooh, that's an interesting question that I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on as we continue through this season. Um, that's really cool. In one way, we're kind of saying, no, this is the first new era of Survivor in the sense of gameplay. I mean, it's really interesting. Like you said, uh, in those first couple of single digit seasons, it was about who is contributing, who is showing value to the tribe, or in some cases, someone was just voting alphabetically uh, in terms of who, who should get voted out. But now we're seeing that the game starts right away. And we see some of the players who haven't been in the game for about 15, 14 years say, things are moving really, really quickly and I'm having trouble keeping up. I, I don't, I don't, well, once you get the phone call, you're back. I mean, you, you should be already preparing for, especially if you've already been out there once. You already know what some of the stuff is that you're going to expect out there. So you know everybody's going to be playing the game. So you come out there playing. I, I don't believe the game moves that fast. I, I think that you got to be prepared coming out there. The only difference between season 41 and, and this season is we were unknown to the fact that the whole type of survivor structure was going to change. Because I came in the game thinking that I was going to play this way. It was going to be two tribes, uh, 20 castaways, and the strong survive up front. We build a shelter. But the same concept goes into 41. We still had to build that shelter. We still, you look for little things to pick, to pick out. So you could say, okay, who are you going to vote out? You have to have a reason. Like, let's take Abby for once we get into the episode. Abby had a bracelet that somebody took or she thought somebody took you're just now you're trying to get everybody on your side and say okay well somebody took the bracelet then you find the bracelet and you pin it on somebody we don't know abby didn't drop that bracelet in that bag herself we just know that something's going around because the edit shows us that there's a lot of stuff that goes on in between that we never see so it's gonna be kind of interesting as you look at this this particular season through a lens of now what's going on in survivor now you're looking back to say which one would you rather play just by looking at this first season, which one would you rather play right now? The new era or the old game Survivor? Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I have to watch. To be fair, I feel like once we watch this season more, I'll kind of have more of an opinion on that. I, we were okay, talking to Evie during the um, we were talking to Evie during the the Pride special and. I, we mentioned a moment between Evie and Tiffany where Evie had to like explain this very convoluted thing that Xander was going through where he, he didn't have a vote. And then uh, he had to say a silly phrase and then he would have a vote and an immunity idol. And in one way, I think that is like a very difficult thing for new players who have never experienced something like this in the game of Survivor to sort of try to uh navigate during their time playing so in in some senses i feel like i would choose the 20 castaways two tribes um hopefully opening title intro just because i love those so much um but going into uh some of the castaways that we see here we we get a few 
opening confessionals during the intro. So these are always good to pay attention to because typically this sort of tells you who to sort of see as a as a main character of sorts. So we have Kelly Wigglesworth, who sort of talks about being a runner up on season one, Andrew Savage, Spencer, Kimmy, Kelly Wentworth, Sierra, Tasha, Jeff, Joe, Cass, Abby Maria, and Jeremy. Is there anything here in terms of how these players are altering their strategy this time around that stood out to either of you? Um, I mean, not so much alter, because I feel like when I think of, when I watched that first opening thing and you heard, like, was listening to everyone, the census was kind of like, I'm here to change my, like, I'm here to do, rock. I can't think of the term, right my wrongs, there you go. Um, like most people are kind of like that. And then you had Cass that was just like, nah, I'm here to have fun. If I make merge, it's over for everyone. And I was like, I'm, I'm here. For, like, I enjoyed that thing with Cass because I was like, yeah, you want to right your wrongs, but also you've been given this chance, like have fun. Like, and that's what I was ho- like, that's why I hope everyone did out there. Like I, I hope. Sorry, you I think the cast gave you a mixture of different people. Like we got Sierra and we got Kelly, uh, you're right, Rimsworth, who played with their parents. And they didn't have a good game because they played with their parents. Uh, you got Jeremy who played with his wife, but he was also a physical uh, beast doing the challenge. So he knew that he needed to put some shields in front of him. So Savage works out great for him. Joel works out great for him. Uh, you got Fishback that came back and played, and he's trying to battle himself. And okay, where do I fit at in this trial? Where do I fit versus where do I fit last time when I played the game? Um, you you got, I mean, you got Terry. Terry was a beast challenge, but Terry's 55 in this season. So when he was a beast challenge, he was a little younger, but again, he's still a threat. So I think we got a good combination of different players. Mm-hmm. We we got Spencer coming back, who really just played off the chain. I don't know what Spencer was doing on his season. But he played a different type of game. And he's coming in with a different type of mentality. Chaos Cast is like, look, I'm going to wait till I get to merge and I'm going to be Chaos Cast. Until then, I'm just going to kind of navigate my way through. So, but it's you, but in a new era survivor, you're playing against what you don't know. Mm. In, this, in this old school survivor, you can go back and look at previous seasons and kind of get an idea. Where the new one, you don't know what type of new thing they're going to pop out on you. So you got to be prepared for it. But I think it just adds another twist to the game. So I'm looking forward to seeing how these players come back and play while we're trying to look at this from a different perspective. So before we get started, who's two players you're picking now that you say, okay, I'm going to ride these two players to the end? I'm going to let Matt go first because I have seen this season. So I'm not, I'm going to try and not be biased. Ollie, that's so unfair. Okay. Um, based on this a- episode... I'm going to go with Wentworth, Kelly Wentworth, because I thought this was a phenomenal first episode for her. And I'm also going to go with Joe. I'm going to go with Joe as well, um, because he's getting a, a, a he's getting a very good social edit in terms of his life at camp. And we'll talk a little bit about how his edit compares to some mm. other people who try to do a similar thing, which is going to be really funny. So though they, I have my eye on those two, definitely. Now you got to keep in mind, we're going back eight years. Editing is different from eight years ago to now. 
True. So just, I just, just, just to keep that in mind. The, all right, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. And you know, Abraham, you actually um, sparked a thought in me as well. I'm gonna put fish. I know you asked for two, but I'm gonna put fish back in there because based on the edit of this episode, <laughs> I'm concerned for fish back. <laughs> Ollie, how it's about you? <laughs> they had a dangerous creep. <laughs> So when when I was when I first saw this cast, there were three people that I remember I was just like, okay, I'm riding for these people. These are the three I'm rooting for, um, which were Kelly Wentworth, Abby Maria, and Monica. Which I know everyone's always surprised with Monica. I was a ride or die for Monica. Um, so the two, I think from this first episode, the two that I would ride and die for was Wentworth and Monica, just because of, from what I remember back there, those were the two, like those were the two of the people I was rooting for. So I'm going to go for them too. I'm, right. I'm going to go with Savage because Savage coming back and his strategies on playing the game of Survivor, I think are going to be what's going to get him past. And I, I'm going to put, I'm going to put Wu back in there. I'm going to give Wu another chance. I, I think Wu plays with his heart. Good guy. Um, I think from his previous season, he may have understood that you can still play the game of Survivor and still put yourself in a position to win. Uh, so it's going to be kind of interesting to see how he plays mm. coming back off of his season of losing with Tony, which is recent. It's, it's like a recent season for him. So we're going to see. Yeah. I'm going to put Wu back in there, see how he plays. I, to be fair, now that you mentioned Wu, I think this season, Wu, obviously Kelly, Wu is such a good encompassment of this second chance season. Because he was kind of one of the perfect people that you saw as soon as the reunion was happening, you saw that he made a big mistake. And yeah. it was he was very clear, he was like, No, I want to write this wrong. So I feel like I get what you I get why you're saying Wu there. Yeah, he should have never put himself next to Tony. Tony. And again, we we and we as the audience get a chance to see so much more as the players. The players don't see what happens on other tribes or what other people say until the airs. So you don't really know what's being said until you see it that night on TV and now it's too late. You can't correct it. Had you seen it ahead of time, you know what? I'd have voted Tony out early. Oh, yeah, it's it's definitely much easier from our perspective, from the comfort of our own homes um, to make assumptions and judgments on the gameplay of some of these people. So at the I'm curious to know at the marooning, is there anyone from right then and there first impressions that you think these castaways should be wary of? At the Marooning, I'm going with Abby. And here's the reason why. Abby is just, you, you, can't, you have to get out your own way. And even though the edit says Abby wants to get out of her own way, Abby is not getting out of her own way. You want to be kind of subtle and quiet. You don't want to do a lot. You don't want to do too much. You just kind of want to sit back and do the things that you need to do for all the future players and survivor. Do the things you need to do and just kind of absorb the, the other people tribe. That way you get a chance to see how everybody interacts because everybody's gunning for the same thing. We're gunning for who can we align ourselves. Oh. It's going to be in a situation where you're going to be with people that are people that you've never met in your real. Now you got to kind of navigate that at the same time. Sit back and, and watch him. I think Abby kind of presents herself with the same personality and the fire that she brought into her first season. <laughs> so that didn't change. Um, see, Arrow is somebody I would look out for. 
I, I think based off of her previous season, she's coming to play the game of Survivor. And I'm looking forward to see how she plays. And she says in her own edit, played this way last time. I want to play earlier versus later. So it's going to be interesting to see that. Kind of off of what you said, Abraham, I think also the, I think another reason why people would worry about Abby is because she is so unfiltered. Like, Abby is Abby. Like, she, she will say what she says. And I feel like she is the type of person that you'd rather want her on your side than against you. Because if she's against you, there's no holding back. And I feel like that's where people worry because I think they know she's such a loose cannon sometimes. So I can see why people would worry about her. For me, when I was also watching it, I would have looked at the people who were outwardly naming people. So I think Joe did it. I think Joe was talking like Kelly, Kelly Wigglesworth, Terry, <laughs> like, and all that. like the one that is already going, this person's a legend, this person's amazing. And you're going, oh, okay, I see what you're doing. Like, I, I see you. I see you trying to deflect there. So like, those are the people I'd kind of look and worry about because it's if they're already straight away making a note of who's a big player, then they're going to do it throughout the game. Good. Great. That was a great thing to point out. Definitely the deflection of, of threat levels for me. It's anyone who played blood versus water. And that is the only reason is because I know a lot of the castaways even talked about it in their confessionals, but we've only really seen maybe half of what they're capable of. And that's because they had to play a game with someone else in mind. So I know we mentioned Sierra and Jeremy and um, Wentworth. Wentworth. Uh, they all said, I sort of had my mind with another loved one in the game and that really held me back from playing this on my own so we've been able to see wigglesworth play we've been able to see savage play anyone who did blood versus water you really don't know what they're fully capable of and that would in my head make them very dangerous Yes, yeah, it's, it's going to be and i agree with you on that 100 it's just when you're playing with a loved one you're you want to play a certain way but you saw you still want to protect your loved one. And we saw Jeremy wanted to protect his wife. Um, Sierra wanted to protect her mom. Um, and you got to vote them out. And it looks easy on TV to a certain extent where you're just voting for your mom and it's a part of the TV edits. But that's still your mom or your father because Kelly Wentzworth. So it's kind of interesting to see how they play without that tether to them. So I'm looking mm -hmm. forward to seeing them play because it's interesting. We're looking at this season, even though this season's been out since for eight years. I don't remember how the season went. So when I'm looking at it, it's a fresh perspective of seeing everybody play, how they play, and just to see their interaction. I think the, the rooting was the best part. You know, hey, we're going to start. Uh, I, Abraham, I think you cut out a second, but you were talking about the marooning, right? Is that me? It might have been me. Yeah. I'm You're back. back. You're back. So you were talking about the marooning, and we get uh, a twist kind of right off the start with the marooning where they have some time where they can spend on the main boat getting materials ready to go. But then on a completely separate vessel, a couple of 
yards away, um, there is a giant bag of rice. And the first tribe to get to that bag of rice uh, earns it for their camp. How would you two go about this challenge? You know, do you waste time on the first vessel to get as much as you can? Do you try to go straight for the rice? What would you all do? So, so I don't know if it was laid out in the actual episode, but there was never a thing of you have to wait until the boat is gone to go for the rice. Like, I don't know if that was specified. But for me, what I would have done is, because I know my strength is swimming, I know I'm a swimmer, like kind of Kelly Wigglesworth. So what I would have done is just said to the team, load up as much as you can. I'll start swimming as soon as your boat is gone and you say, do it. I'll be at the boat ready and I'll hug it. Like, that's what I would have done. I would have been the person that been like, get what you need. Once you know we need this rice, let me know and I'll grab it. <laughs> here's here's where I'm going to undermine Ollie at because Ollie said he was a great swimmer. Ollie, you don't know what time you got up that day. And you don't know what you ate. So, <laughs> right. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> so that's going to that's gonna impact your swimming and when you take off. Because I think, oh, I'll applaud Kelly Winsworth for jumping in the water. I'll applaud her for doing it. But also say, okay, what do I want to take on a place that I have no refrigerator to? So you definitely want a pot. You definitely want something that's not going to, like the bananas were good that day, but they're not going to last forever. Mm. So you kind of strategically look and say, okay, what do I need to, and you get that stuff as quick as possible. But it's utter chaos. It is just utter chaos that you're trying to fight through. Now, if we watch it, Wu did the better move. Wu waited till they got a little closer. Joe jumped oh, in yeah. the water too early and Kelly jumped in the water way too early. So I would have waited until it was a lot closer. Mm. Because Ollie, you can speak to this. Swimming is rough. I can swim, but I'm not swimming that distance. Because you're never going to have enough strength to get to the end. And you're dealing with the current of, you know, the open sea. And I think that is, it's going to tire you out quickly. I actually really applaud Wigglesworth for how far she got, you know, but you could tell she was getting tired towards the end there. I totally agree. Wu really, really stepped up at the end there as well. Um, Abraham, is it difficult to see players start out with so much food to begin with? First of all, I want you to... <laughs> you must be talking to Randy. Um, not at the beginning. Not at the beginning. Because I know what we go through in preparation to start the game off. So um, our day starts at 3.30 for us. So I'm already up at 3.30 prepping for what you see as the intro of Survivor. So that's not 3.30. I got a good solid breakfast. That's 3.30. I'm about to start the adventure of a lifetime. I don't know what to expect. I think I had some um, orange juice and a muffin. Now, orange juice and a muffin is not my normal breakfast. So now I got to go for another three, four hours before you even see me on intro. So by the time you see me, I'm running on pure adrenaline. So I'm pretty sure they're all doing the same. They're on adrenaline. And they're going to get through that first challenge. But you, your body's going to remind you that you didn't eat that day or how much you ate in that day. Um, but I love it. I love the fact that they, he just says, go. Get what you can. Here's the first part of the challenge. Get what you can. Here's the second part of the challenge. Because that rights becomes the most important thing you want to get. Now, you got to determine what's more important, these supplies or that rice. And I just love when people just go at it. That's what that. Old school survivors, you go for it. And I and I just love it. But that like that's what I mean about the um the why I would have gone for the rice straight away. Just because I know for a fact nine others of the nine other people of my tribe are gonna be getting what they need to get. They know that there's gonna be like 19 people on that boat 
going for it. So if I can sneakily start swimming, just to give us a head start on there, then I might go for it. But then when you just said about the half free thing, I was like, maybe, maybe I'm not sure now. <laughs> You're going to feel it. You're going to feel it. I don't know. I think the boats had to be unclicked before you could go. Oh, okay. Then. I don't, I think that was one of the rules. Uh, it had to be, you had, everybody had to be on uh, either. Yeah. Everybody had to be on the boat and it had to be unclicked. Oh, okay. Then. Go. Okay. But, then no, then to be fair, I would have done what we did, but I love what, when you talk about what we did, I also think he'd done a good thing of counteracting Joe because he saw where Joe was and he was like, right, I'm going to jump just in front of Joe to obviously knock him a bit and then already be in front of him. So that probably would have been my strategy in that respect as well. Yeah, a thousand percent. That was a really great um, visual cue that he got also just to support his team. Um, and we see examples of that theme of kind of going for it uh, a little bit later in the episode too, uh, as well. So I'm excited to get further into it. So Takio ends up winning the rice and they all go back to their camp. So we have two tribes. Uh, we have Bayon and Takio. Uh, what do we think of these groups? I, I like I the mixture. Yeah. Go ahead, Ali. No, I was just going to say that it's two different, like it's, you can tell it's two different tribes right off the bat because even from the editing you see that Bayon is like this togetherness we're all going to do this together happy family and then you've got Takeo that's like strategy old versus new and it's like the dynamic of each tribe is so different which is kind of exciting to see because you see both perspectives straight away yeah I, I like the just a mixture of just different ideas of what they consider to be a good tribe you know, because you don't you don't want to look at two tribes. They both of them just happy. You don't want to see that. That's not a good show. You want to see chaos, and that's what the the show entails by putting different people together. So I like the way they've kind of divided themselves up and how they're going to approach the game because it doesn't become a game until you start voting. Everything else is just a matter of steps. You know, you get in the shelter built, you're starting the fire. You know, everybody's applauding Joe for starting the fire. Nobody wants to be there pushing that thing up and down until the fire starts. They just looking at him being happy that it's not them. Mm. You know, making the palm frost covers. Yeah, nobody wants to do that either. It may look like it's exciting, but it's bugs and stuff on it. It's crazy. But anyway, oh. <laughs> so you're you're just trying to pick your spot because this is when they're going to start picking out people for being lazy or or not team players. It's, it's survivors a game of little things. And if I see Joe looking at that water, you might want to go swimming. You might be you might be burning up. But you'd be like, well, I maybe I need to do some work first. So this is where we start to see people start to kind of put a little target on everybody's back or who they think or perceive will be the weakest link because you don't want to be the first person. So you're trying to keep that off of you no matter what you do. Hmm. Hey, you know what? You really I thought I would want to do the um palm braiding at the beginning, but I think you really turned me off from, from doing <laughs> that. What's the best chore, do you think? Look, I went and got bamboo, so and it, and it was killing me. <laughs> I thought that was going to be easy, too. You just got to figure out, once you settle into the fact that you're going to be sleeping outside and all that kind of stuff, and just kind of put it, you got to put it out your mind, because if not, it's, it's just going to be something else you're going to have to battle, and you don't want to do that. Um, were there ants on the ground, and were there, there are things? Yeah, you can see everything. Um, but you're going to sleep at night, I guarantee that. So when we played, we went to sleep in darkness the first night. That is that is a unique experience to go to sleep in in utter 
darkness because we didn't have a fire. Uh, we didn't win the boat challenge, so we didn't have any flint. Uh, somebody might say I broke the flint, but I thought I told him it was an old piece of flint anyway. Um, so you got to get kind of acclimated to that and use it as a bonding moment to try to bond with. Ultimately, you need at least, to me, I say three people on Old School Survivor. All you need to do is connect with three people because you just need to have enough of a majority vote where you can't be voted out. That's it. Until merger, that's all you got to do, ride it through. And which tribe out of these two would you two pick to be a part of? Oh, hold on, buddy. I'm going with Jeremy now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going over there. <laughs> I, I go Takeo. You would yeah. go with Takeo? Yeah. For, for two reasons. One, the chaos, kind of here for it. But also, <laughs> we kind of saw it in Bion, this sort of... I can't remember if it was Jeremy or Savage that said it, but they alluded to the alpha male kind of group. I'm one of those people, I'm like, I'm not an alpha male. Like, I am a skinny twig of a person. So, like, I know I'd straight away kind of be, like, outcasted of any alpha male. So I'd have been on Takeo where I feel like I could have been a bit more integrated. That's a good question. Um... I'm looking down to see all the players. I can look at them and tell what tribe they're on. Mm. I could go with either tribe. And here, here's my philosophy with that. I could go with um, one tribe because I can hide behind Joe and Jeremy. I can hide. Just the same thing Jeremy trying to do. I can do I can do the same thing. I can kind of hide behind him. And I could kind of see where the pecking order would go before me. Now, I could jump over to the other tribe and I could survive with them. But it have to be a different strategy because you got Kelly Winfrey, you got Spencer, you got Terry would probably be my first person to line with. Because Terry is going to be the target because he's coming off a season where they knew he was a beast on the challenges. So I would kind of ease in between those two players and try to bring them together so they would be my shield. So you could go either way. I don't think your size or your demeanor has anything to do with it. I think it's where you try to position yourself with the other players. Because we've seen players like Sandra not playing any of the challenges. And, and still come out as a winner. I think it's just a matter of where you kind of position yourself at. Mm. Um, and just just have fun. <laughs> Look, I had fun yeah. when I was out there. But you alluded to a good point there about Bion that you said you could kind of see the pecking order. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Where, like, and I feel like for me, I would be one of those people, I, I, I probably prefer more late game. I would prefer a lot more fluidity where you don't really see that. So that was kind of why I'd be for Takeo because I feel like with Bion, if I knew straight away I was kind of low at the pecking order, I'd kind of straight away be like, right, okay, I need to kind of find a way to put myself higher. And then that could bite me in the butt because of playing too quickly. I, I'm leaning towards Bion. I mean, I, I'm sort of uh, slapping myself for saying that. I think, like we said, um, when you're actually in the game and you don't know anyone else's strategy at this point, it makes it difficult. So that's the lens I'm sort of looking at this through. But I just know that I would kind of, before knowing their gameplays, I think I would try to align with uh, Tasha and Steven. Um, that just seems to be where I'm leaning towards. Mm -hmm. But dang, I mean, we sort of talked about how Jeremy outlined his strategy going into this season. And so what he's doing is he wants to align with Keith. And I love, they, they showed them sort of saying, 
last season, it's water under a bridge. This is a brand new season. This is a fresh start. I think that's a really important precedent for anyone who's played with somebody else and are coming back again to sort of say, this is a new game. Um, so this way, Keith says, you know, if, if Jeremy's name comes up, hopefully Keith will report that back to Jeremy. Um, Jeremy also wants to align with Tasha and Savage and Joe to have sort of these shields around him. And I think that's really interesting. And Joe even says, you know, the alpha males, they either go at each other or uh, they work together. So how do we think this is going to play out for this group? Me, I'm, I'm lazy. I don't want to expend that much energy or anything. So because I, I want to pick my time. So I like Jeremy's philosophy because you don't have to expend as much energy. Because energy is going to become premium at some as the more days go on, that energy is going to become premium, and you don't know these challenges that are coming up. So, but these are all previous players; these are not brand new players. So they're already kind of picking out things that they've done wrong before, where you want to go all out, you want to give it a hundred percent. So me and Ali would be on the same tribe. We we would win. I'd be like, look, Ali, here's what we're going to do: we're going to go to our strengths. Ali might be great at puzzles, but we got to get to the puzzle. I said, well, I'll get you to the puzzle and give you enough time but you got to be able to do the puzzle and if you don't do the puzzle we got to pick somebody so i would put ollie in that position of having to pick somebody because i'm gonna get ollie to that puzzle but i'm also putting him in a situation where he has to make a pick so your strategy is starting immediately so no i'm, I'm working with ollie from day one i'm like hey ollie's my guy we're gonna do this together and i'm gonna say look i'm not gonna vote you out but in the, after we go through the merge uh, hey, it might be hey, it might be everybody for themselves, mm. but comfort making somebody feel comfortable and them coming back. I think that's what Jeremy did with Keith straight off the bat. I need to go ahead and settle whatever happened in our season, settle that now, and get us on the same page. So I think by them being on the same tribe and coming back playing together again, I think it's in both of their favor. And FYI, Abraham, I'm I'm not a. Uh... I'm, I'm not a puzzle person, so don't put me on the puzzle. Just don't go, don't go for it. Matthew, come with me, guy. Come on, Matthew. We got to look. We got to let Ollie go, man. We got to vote him out. <laughs> Ollie, you know what? Thank you for saying it uh, prior to the puzzle. So that way we know that it was us who messed up. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, so at Takeo, I want to just talk about this moment uh, between PG and Abby Maria. So Abby Maria... Something happens to her her bag. I'm still unclear as to what actually happened here. Um, but her bag goes missing, and she ends up finding her bracelets in PG's bag. Do we think this is going to have a long-term effect on PG moving forward? Only in regards to Abby. but Because it, it, it would completely depend on where Abby's position is in the tribe. If she's good in the tribe, it's bad for PG. If Abby is just that person that is like, right, just get rid of her, she's annoying, go, then PG will be fine. Because if PG doesn't react to it, then she can just, if she if she just is like, I'm not going to attack to it, I'm, I'm just going to let it be, I'm going to let her have a piece and then continue on building what I need to do, then it will be all right. But if she knows that Abby is in a power position, then she's going to have to find some some way to help her. I'm not even sure how this bag thing got started. I mean, I'm trying to figure out where did this bag come from? Because it's not like we're giving individual, we're giving individual bags. We're giving individual our own bags. And I, look, I'm looking, my bag is right there. I can't remember if my name is on it or whatever, but 
every bag looks just alike. So well, I could see. No, I was going to say, I know in the episode, PG mentioned that there was just a bag without a name on it. So she took the bag and then put her name on it, thinking that no one had claimed the bag. Which also confused me because I, I was like, aren't there name tags? Like, don't you just get it with, yeah. I would assume you have your name on your stuff, you know, when presented to you. So that whole thing just kind of confused me. But my favorite part about this was Abby sort of saying, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lose my temper. You know, this, I'm not going to play the game like I did before. Um, but then proceeds to just tell every single person on the tribe what had happened uh, instead of going to PG, which I thought was hilarious. She was every bit of Abby. Uh, it's not to say, and here's the thing, uh, the people that listen to the podcast, Abby is the greatest person you ever want to meet in person. This is, but for her gameplay, which we're discussing right now, we were given bags. Even at this moment in my memory, I cannot remember how we got our bags. Um, but we're given bags. Um, I don't even know if my name is on that bag. So I can see how the confusion started with the bag. What I don't know is, where'd you get the bracelet from? Because we didn't take any personal items out there. I'm like, where does bracelet come from? So, but she used it to her advantage to try to paint PG in a, a certain light with everybody in. Now that could work for you, that could work against you because now you either become that person that just won't let stuff go. So now I'm looking at, can I play with you down the road or you're gonna be the same person for the people that never played with her. Uh, so it's, it's a double-edged sword with how you approach people and how you treat people. Because other people sit there and watch and saying, okay, as long as you two are arguing, we got two choices to vote out, which is, which is perfect. So that means you're not getting voted out. So. I think she drug it on way too long for Abby drinking, drinking it on. I think PG did what she could by saying, hey, look, I wasn't aware that I had your bracelet. We all had bags and I dropped it in the bag because that means you had to go through. So Abby went through everybody's bag. So do we really want Abby on our on our tribe when she'll go through your bag? So it's, it's interesting how you just paint people so fast and try to get the upper hand. And that's the game of Survivor. I'll win, I'll play out last. So you're just trying to use whatever tool you can. I just think that Abby probably is going to rub a lot of people the wrong way and it may work for her better, her being herself. <laughs> so we'll see. Well, another person who's been rubbing some people the wrong way on this tribe is Vetus. Um, Sharin sort of calls him out for not really changing his gameplay. She sort of seems sees him as a similar swarmy player that he was on his original season. Um, we get this interesting edit of him like teaching yoga moves which just comes off as the most unsexy annoying intrusive unrelaxed yoga i think i've ever seen ever like i don't even i think I, it seemed like he was just making up poses at certain times and and then we see joe on the other tribe get this edit of very very relaxed very uniting um this edit of sort of being like the the healer of the group. What do we think is going on with Vetus? And why isn't his game necessarily clicking this time around? Well, I think when you look at those two examples anyway, when you look at Joe, it's on the beach. It's It looks like he's kind of gone, if anyone wants to come join, come join. And they're in the view. It's a lovely scenery. Vetus is in the shelter going like, come on now, what's going on? And you're there like, right, okay. So I feel like he may have just, it was a wrong place for that respect. But in terms of Vetus as well, I feel like when you've heard his first confessional, 
he talked about like how he was just charming the women and doing all that silly stuff and he like but then he continued to do that this season so i think the fact that i say he did that but like the fact that he then went on to say like oh no i'm going to continue charming the women it's like okay well clearly you've just said that was there was part of that that was wasn't good so why are you now still doing it i don't know but we don't know yeah venus is a good example of less is more you just want to you you're in the early days of survivor you don't don't do that first of all i'm familiar with yogurt and that that downward dog thing he did that was i was like what is that that i've never even heard of that pose in yoga maybe i just don't know enough about yoga but i've done enough yoga to realize that joe's yoga was more inclusive to say okay if you want to come out here we want to take advantage of all this we we see let's do this keep saying no i'm done I'm not, I'm not a yoga guy. I'm not coming down there. Nobody wants to see me down there. So, and where it was just more like Vetus was in your face with it. And then mm. he didn't, he didn't take account of the room. He didn't look out there and say, okay, who am I really annoying or, or, or you don't want to seem like you're that person, but you, you want to be observant. And he just seemed like he wanted to be the person. He wanted to spotlight. He wanted to show what he could do. This is what I can bring. I can do yoga. Let me tell you something. I didn't care anything about yoga, nothing else when I was out there. I don't think I lift anything that I didn't have to. So it wouldn't work. But I, I think he put a target on his back by being too much of that that person. You know, sit back and just kind of look and wait. And we're early. Those first few days of Survivor, which were different from, from season 41's going forward because it's so fast. So those seasons when you have 10 people on the tribe, you're really trying to figure out who's the first person when you lose that, when you lose that challenge. Who annoys me? Who do I just don't like? Mm. Who is lazy? Who is just that? They they too happy. We see that with Marianne, where she was just too happy. And they wanted to vote her out. But we we look for little things, and Venus gave them so much to look for that it's going to come back to bite them. And, and I agree with what you said about um, the reading the room thing, because it he, literally you had Abby. Shireen, you had Kelly Wentworth, you saw all of their faces. I think Spencer was there and they're all like very uncomfortable and like he couldn't clock the like stop this. But also what I would, cause you could, you could see again with his strategy of trying to schmooze the women, he was doing it with Shireen. He was asking all the women if he did it. If I was there, I would have turned around and been like, oh, you know, I want to do it. It's like, show me like, let like do it with me. Just to see if he'd have been like, no, no, I'm good, mate. Just to see. <laughs> That's I, I agree with you, Ollie. That, yeah, definitely. That would have been interesting to see if anyone tried to intervene at all. Um, but, you know, on the flip side, like we talked about, Joe is uniting the tribe with his yoga routine. Um, it's it's seen as very, gr like, he's, he's the grounder of the group. And then we cut to Tasha having a confessional saying, you know, I was enjoying the yoga, but I was really enjoying looking at Joe way more. So we kind of start to see his edit as you know, getting this sort of um, eye candy edit in a sense. And I think what's really interesting about it is that Joe has this strategy where he agrees with Jeremy, let's try to keep all of the alpha males together. And someone who doesn't really fall into that category is Stephen Fishback. So what do we think of Stephen's first day here? Because I think Stephen is coming into the season with a lot, a, a big chip on his shoulder. I think I think Fishback is overreacting too early. Because here's the thing about it. You can't get away from the way you played the first time. And he's already said it. Hey, we got these alpha males. I'm not an alpha male. 
Survivor in itself is not always going to be about who's the strongest. And if you figure out where you fit at and in, in, in when you move, like for instance, the merge is where everybody's going to make a different move. They're going to change up how they play because now we're merged. So who might have been your alliance may not or may not remain your alliance or they could still be your alliance, but you got to get there first. Uh, we see Fishback go looking for idols early. And then he's like, everybody's seeing me, but I'm looking for idols. Is that really the way you want to go early? You mm -hmm. want to be a little more subtle with it? Because we were all in the woods looking for idols. I was all in the woods looking for idols. And but you do you want to be where where we see Kelly Wentworth? She goes look for idols, but she's subtle. And she says, Hey, I'm gonna put this in the pathway. If people actually what I'm doing, you can find that. Where Fishback, I think, is a little overreactive right now to how he wants to go about playing the game. I think he's gonna settle into it. I think he has to get past himself. No, I agree with what you just said there, the overreactive thing. I think he just, he got into the situation. He felt some, he must have felt something like how he was feeling at during his season. And he just overreacted. It was, it was the scene where like everyone's getting around, everyone's doing bits and you just see him like curled up in a ball. Like there was part of me that felt really like sympathetic towards him. Cause like, he was like, I feel the odd one out. Like I, this is bad. And I feel like he just got in his head straight away. So as long as like he can just breathe and calm and just look, time. <laughs> Ollie, they had me down about him breaking that stick. Oh, <laughs> oh the stick. Gave, that was cruel. <laughs> they gave him the worst edit on just making him look like a weak player. You know what? I'm really hoping, though, that that is a jumping off point to sort of this metamorphosis of a mm. player story for him. I don't have much hope, unfortunately, uh, just based on this first episode. Uh, again, we talked about his idol hunt juxtaposed with Kelly's idol hunt. Kelly came off a lot more. And, you know, in the edit, the, the, the music was more spy-like. There was something very strategic about her looking for the idol. It was seen as very powerful. Mm. But for Steven it was seen as like paranoid and anxious and we get a lot of audio cues that sort of give us this hint um and it shows that he was unsuccessful right he was looking in all the wrong places where you know kelly may have looked in those same places but for story purposes they needed to show her finding it in the, the clue in the tree um so i i i love steven i'm rooting for steven and i'm hoping for the best uh but this is definitely uh quite the underdog story. I feel like Steven and uh, Kelly Wigglesworth are who I sort of see as sort of like underdogs at this point in the game. Yeah. Also, production is not going to put themselves in danger to put you in danger. And that where he was going, like it was dangerous. We, we look at Danny. Danny clammed out those rocks. And I've seen those rocks. They were on our beach as well. I had no, I was never going up there. It was, <laughs> it was dangerous when we looked at it. So uh, remember that for everybody that applies for Survivor. Production will not put you in the danger because somebody has to go out there and plant the actual uh, clue. So they're not going to put you in danger. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'm not going there. That that's a good point. Yeah, when Matthew Matthew fell, that was a a, a painful thing to watch happen. Mm -hmm. um, definitely, that was Survivor 44. Um, so any last things about these camps before we go ahead and get into the immunity challenge? Because we see who who's the first camp to get fired. Who's Joe with? Okay, Joe's camp got Fire. one person. So, and and really, even though it's it's they're burning up out there. Remember, you need fire. Fire is not just for the fact of uh, you want. You're not trying to get any heat. You're trying to boil your water. If you're going to boil water, 
you got to be able to cook rice or cook whatever that you find out there. Um, and these locations are different. We kind of know what's available in certain places. So um, you may be able to catch food because I also had chickens on the actual marooning boat. So I don't, I don't did anybody bring chicken with? It showed people grabbing yeah. chickens. Yeah, Takeo yeah. did because I remember Varna was like, "We're calling it Kimmy." Oh yeah, yeah. So you, <laughs> hey, look, eh, chicken gonna have to get eight. Um, so you want you want fire. So we see where they get fire. That's that's the most important thing as well as far as getting situated and getting shelter. So I think they, I think we've started off with some great tribes, and we got a chance to see a lot of personalities present themselves, and we also get to see the strategy. Um, now we got to go to the challenge. And before we get to the challenge, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back. Hi, Survivor Now podcast listeners. I am Katie from KT Designs, better known as Katie Tedesco Art on both Instagram and Etsy. I have been designing and selling Survivor products for over seven years at my Etsy shop, including replicas like hidden immunity idols and Survivor trading cards with all of the players' stats on the back. I am so grateful for Survivor Now for giving me the shout out and helping me reach even more super fans. I love listening to their podcast. So if you are looking for some really unique reality TV products for yourself or to give a super fan in your life, come check out my Etsy shop at www.etsy.com slash shop slash katietedescoart.com. And welcome back, everyone. We're going to get into the immunity challenge. So both tribes get tree mail, basically saying that this immunity challenge coming up is the very first immunity challenge that was done on Survivor. What do we think Kelly Wigglesworth is feeling? Because she lost that challenge. She's probably thinking drama. Yeah, I love it. Let me say something. Man. I love challenges. I love challenges. The, the more you got to put into it, I think the better the challenge. But if I was Kelly, I'd be like, because uh, now I know what it takes to win. She knows what it takes to win. She knows what it takes to lose. Now you're looking back, you're looking around at your tribe and be like, uh-oh, this might not turn out good. Or you might be saying, I got this. So it's interesting to see how you approach it with that knowledge on there. And she's the only one that has the knowledge. So I'm like, if you, you, and it, it looked like a fun challenge too. I don't care about jumping. You jumping in the water? <laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs> I can swim. I probably can't swim as bad as, as Ollie. We're going to see one day. Matthew, can you swim? I can. Yeah, once you jump in, you like, you got clothes on. You know, you don't have what you, he's like, I, I got to swim now. Now I got to get there. So it's, and that water is always going to be the difference, man. And it's just like, but it's a challenge. So I'm going to be exhausted when we get to that first push the raft thing. Because now I got to push this raft. <laughs> How about you, Ollie? I, I'm like Abraham. I love the challenges. Like I am one of those people that I would solely go on Survivor just to do the challenge, just to do a challenge every day. Um, but again, I love that it was kind of a callback to the first ever challenge. Like, I've, especially with this season and how they were kind of construing it. Like, it was such a good one to bring, like, do because kind of it's. In the season, I assume they're gonna do other challenges that have done that have been done. So it's kind of hinting back to how other people will fare. But that challenge itself, I the nostalgia of it, I loved. And I feel like it harkens back to the kind of old school survivor where it was like, this is what you've got to do. You've got to prove yourself now. And I feel like everyone did. I, there wasn't really anyone that struggled in the challenge from what I saw. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we saw that the elements got in the way of one of the tribe just briefly. But one thing we forgot to mention is that Kelly Wentworth found a clue to the hidden immunity idol at her camp. And the clue said oh. that the idol would be hidden under one of the, the, the legs. raft. Yeah, one mm. of the legs of the post that they laid their, their raft down on. And in plain, sl- in plain sight, Kelly would have to find a way to get the idol. This was very Hitchcockian to me. I love film and cinema history. So Hitchcock has the the rule of you show that something dangerous is there. So you show that a bomb is there and then you show other people not knowing it's there and that sets the tension. And I thought that this was such a great example mm. of it. So in this immunity challenge, what they have to do is all the tribes have to swim to their rafts and then someone has to light a fire that is burning on the raft. They all have to push it to the shore. And as they get closer to the shore, they have to light their f- flames that are floating in the water. When they get to shore, um, they set their raft down. This is where the idol is hidden. And then someone has to go and create a pole that is large enough by tying sticks together to re- retrieve a key and then light their torch at the end of it. So there's a couple of different steps here. Um, this was really, really fun. And I love that there was that extra addition of the idol being there. I think we already sort of said, this is something we would all like to try, yes? Yes. Oh yeah, look, this was Masterful Survivor 101. You create a scenario, you give the player an option. Do I go for it or do I not go for it? But if I go for it, how do I get there? And it's just, I mean, the layers of Survivor before you even start the challenge. Because she could have said, hey, look, one of somebody I've aligned with, I need you to shield me right quick while I go for it. You could have used it that way, or you could just go for it. Now, one of the things Jeff will not tell you, or production, is how heavy stuff is. So when you see them, go back and look at that raft. That raft is heavy. So you got to get it there, and you got to get on the mat. So they placed distance between the mat and that right post, which was underneath. I was like, and now you're sitting there anticipating, how are you going to get there? You're kind of almost distracted from the challenge, waiting to see if Kelly can actually get this actual immunity idol. Mm. But also with the idol, when you look at it, obviously, thinking thinking back up of it now, it was the first time they'd ever had, like, I believe, they ever had an idol at the challenge. And... You can almost argue it was the start of how the new era is played. Because, like, you see the idols are found, can be found any which way, and how they were finding idols. Like, it was never just, it's in this tree, that's where you get it. Like, that was the staple for so many years. And now you see that, okay, they can be at a challenge. Okay, they could be here, they could be anywhere now. So I feel like it, it. then that's kind of was a catalyst to start the kind of new era of anything can be anywhere. It's true. I was actually wondering if um, Bayon's immunity idol was also hidden under their post. They didn't show mm-hmm. it because it seemed like no one had found that clue. Um, but it was thrilling. I want to show a comment here from one of our viewers uh, who said that they remember being confused why Wentworth was getting so much focus and now she is a legend. And I think that's true, right? We talk about 
the edit she got when trying to find the idol and how this was a very positive episode for Kelly. And just a reminder for all of our listeners and viewers, if you join us during one of our live streams, you can actually interact and put your own input in by using the live chat. So just a little note for next time. So Kelly goes right past the idol and she waits on her mat with her team. She acknowledges that she kind of missed an opportunity to get it because the other tribe is right behind them. So they would see her. How do we think she did at this moment? I was very nervous that she would let this moment pass by her because there's a lot of factors that she had to look out for. No, I agree. I think she did well, though, because she played it smart of, look, the other tribe is just behind us. They will see her playing with the, and especially they'd see her playing with the rough, but then also at that moment, you'd you'd want to wait until the other tribe's there because you know that your tribe would be kind of looking back to see how they're doing. So there would be no clear path to just sneakily grab it. So I think when she did it was the perfect time because kind of when you look at the edit, it looked like it was the kind of crucial part. So everyone's eyes were there. No one was focusing on what was happening elsewhere. So I think she, I think she did well for it. I think this was a perfect edit that created anticipation. We all wanted to see, could she pull it off? I mean, and we're sitting there waiting for it. We're not concerned about how many sticks that you tie together right now. We're just concerned <laughs> is, is Kelly going to get this actual idol? Is she going to actually be victorious? And I think the editing for it added the right amount of just, just sitting on the edge of your seat, just waiting to see, is she even going to try for it? Or is she going to say it's a missed opportunity? Um, even leading up to it, finding a clue in how she positioned herself to not get caught. So she's playing the game of Survivor. She wants to make sure she doesn't get caught or she has an idol. And we see in, you know, in the new era, people tell everybody you got an idol. Um, she wasn't telling anybody. So I love the way they edited her as far as saying, okay, will she get this idol? And then she's victorious. She finds a mm -hmm. moment in time where she can step back off the mat while everybody's attention now is forward because we got Joel going for it. They're on the mat. They're tying up the sticks. You got Joel almost there to, to pick it off. You, you got Kelly on the other, the Kelly Wigglesworth. Her stick just barely makes it. Now you have enough attention moving with everybody's eyes going forward where she could go back. So I think it was a great edit to get her in a position to get the idol. And I think she also got the first edit of showing, look, this player's learning from their past mistakes. Oh, yeah. Like, I think she definitely got, she was the first one to get that edit of, I'm proving that I'm here to learn. And I feel like she's the first one to get that. A thousand percent. And, you know, we talked about Wigglesworth for a second there, but unfortunately, Wigglesworth isn't able to get the sticks tied together and it ends up costing uh, Takeo uh, immunity. So Bayon wins immunity and they win a fire making kit. Their stick is long enough to get the key. They make it through. They light their torch. Um, what do we think? How do we think Kelly Wigglesworth is feeling? Because it's not it's not great to have that ginormous lead with your tribe and then it all to come tumbling down at the last moment. She's probably feeling deflated. She knows not her. If you're not, on, if you're not a, if you're not on a chopping block, you, you're really not, you're kind of focused on who's going to be on the chopping block and what decision you got to make after that. That's where we now, now we circle back to Abby and her, her approach to the game and how that impacts her. 
And we, we kind of see little things that get picked out that now we need to use those. Because you, if you look at the edit, we never hear her name brought up one time. Mm. I think she's, she was probably feeling deflated just because obviously it was like history repeats itself. Um, and I think within kind of the early stages of the game, you do see people take into account what happened with the challenges. So she's like, she's probably thinking in her head, I lost this challenge. Like, this is what cost the challenge. Are they just going to vote me out? But at the same time, obviously, from my perspective, I don't think she would have had anything to worry about because like Abraham said, she never had her name come up. But she was probably just feeling deflated that history repeated herself. Yeah, I mean, I agree with both of you. Abraham, absolutely, her name never came up at camp. And this is where I actually think that the twist of going to tribal straight away actually may have helped Wigglesworth a little bit because there was no time to even strategize about Wigglesworth cost us the challenge. Mm. So now it was really focused between uh, a couple of different names that came about at this point, right? We know that Abby Maria's um, names come about, Vetus has come about and even PG to some extent. I think uh, PG was sort of put in that position of, oh, her name was sort of out there too, just because of the Abby Maria thing. But I think it was just because Abby was putting PG's name out there. So we get into tribal council. I mean, is this a dream or a nightmare scenario where you're going straight to it and have no time to strategize? I'm gonna give you a little, a little peek behind the back. So there's always at least one person that's going to get the unfair advantage before going to tribal because all those nice little tapes you see of us talking have to take place at some time. And usually it's before you go to tribal. So it's always one person. So I think it's great in the sense that they put everybody on the same playing field. Now you have to sit down, you have to make a decision. But you got to remember, there are some people already had somebody lined up. You know, you just don't have a chance to talk about it. And here's the thing about tribal council. Here's another one about more is less. Less is more. Yeah, less is more. Because you can talk yourself into getting voting out in tribal. Sometimes you just want to say enough to keep Jeff from asking you another question. Because he wants to, he, his, his responsibility is there is to pull the drama out. To keep it interesting. To say, man, that was a good live tribal. Your, your responsibility is I need to keep it the tension off of me, but also say enough where I'm like, okay, I'm a player that you can trust and you want to be with. So it's kind of interesting to see how everybody just kind of wants to say, um, I would have voted out Jeff Bonner because he talk, he was just talking too much. He would have got voted out because he's just, I'm like, look, let it go. And But they already had their eyes set on two players already. And it's just a matter of who's going to vote for who. That's all. But then, like you said, you, you mentioned the more like the more is less thing and you mentioned Varna. I feel like there was two different kind of situations happened where both Varna and Abby were talking, talking, talking. And somehow it, all, Abby was always still getting a target no matter what. But then Jeff Varna somehow managed to talk and talk and talk. And from the edit, it looked like people were like, yeah, I understand that. Well done. And it's like no one's looking at him going, getting help. So I feel like it was a really weird juxtaposition between them two as well. You see two people where it's like they are kind of the stars of tribal and ones get benefiting from it and one isn't. The only thing that saves you in tribal is funny stuff. Funny stuff? Yeah. <laughs> just, just try to be funny. If you can try to be funny, yeah, funny stuff. Because it's, it's non-threatening. 
because once you start trying to throw things and little hints on with people, because Abby was talking to Wu and Wu was talking, and Abby said, "Oh, I know Wu was voting me out." Mm. Now you got to you got to go after tribal and deal with that situation where you know, and it, it's just stay out of the. All I can give future fan future players is stay out of that chaos because it gets real chaotic really quick. That's true. But Abby was Abby was proven right because one of the votes against her was was Wu's, and I gotta say for um, Vetus. I think he kind of really shot himself in the foot when he talked about how, uh, oh, you know, my brother, you know, he he won, he beat Terry, uh, and I, my goal is to outlast Terry in this game. He basically said something like that, and I was like, what are you, do what are, what are you doing here, um, essentially? Uh, so the votes are red, right? And we, it's it's pretty split actually, and we have Abby, Kelly Wentworth, Spencer, Sharin, PG and Jeff V voting for Vetus to go home. And Abby gets vo four votes, which are Vetus, Wu, Kelly Wiggles, and Terry. How do we see this playing out? Because I know Terry was excited to sort of work with Spencer, but they voted differently at this tribe. Well, the beauty of it, unless you know somebody's handwriting, you don't know who voted for who. So it's, it's my word against your word of who I voted for. So you, you, Abby knows she got a certain number of votes and she could kind of, she could try to pick people out. But again, that, that may not work to your advantage. That's the beauty of Survivor in the sense of you don't know who's voting for who, no matter if they tell you mm. who they're voting for, until the numbers get smaller. Once the numbers get smaller, you know who's voting for who. But right now, you have 10 players, which I think is great, versus having six. You got 10 players voting, and you really don't know. It takes six to vote somebody out. So it, it gives you kind of idea, but you still got four outlayers that you don't really know who's voting for who. Yeah, no, I, I I think it's the exact same. And actually, it's a good point of you know you don't know unless they specifically tell you, I voted you, then you will never know. But also, I feel like it was so interesting to see that Abby, Maria, and PG voted together. Because like you'd think like from the edit as well, it'd be like PG's like, now nah, we can get rid of her, it's fine. So I'm interested to see how that falls out. Whether Abby will be like, okay, we're fine now, besties, and all that stuff. <laughs> Look, <laughs> chaos, chaos, chaos starts immediately when you get back <laughs> well, this is where i worry about abby in particular because if you're going to go through all the effort of putting pg's name out to the tribe and pg doesn't go home the first tribal council i mean where do you where do you go from there home yeah, yeah i mean we, we, we see those throw off votes where everybody is voting the same and then all you get this odd vote because that's somebody just still stuck on their way and they still mad about something. They keep voting the same way. And you, but those are the people that you just don't tell. Mm -hmm. You know they're going to vote for that person regardless. So that's just a vote you don't have to worry about. Uh, and that's, to me, that what category that falls into. Because you've seen it playing, like if you looked at Australia's Survivor, they, they had one player, he just kept voting the same way over and over again. He finally got voted out. But I'm like, if you'd have changed that vote one time, you, you could achieve what you wanted to. But, you know, you get... You get stuck in your ways now. Keep in mind, you're starting to feel the effects of being on the island now because we're on day three. So one tribe didn't get rice. You know, uh, we don't see where they're doing anything except drinking water. Um, so these these elements come into play as the unseen players of Survivor that they're going to make your mental state of mind change rapidly. <laughs> so 
I think for a very uh, a first episode, it did not disappoint in any way. We had everything in the first episode. Definitely. It was an incredible first episode. I think what was special about this, the storytelling was all there for me, right? We outlined the themes at the beginning. And like we said, uh, with Kelly Wentworth, in terms of learning from past mistakes and bringing uh, a new mindset to this game. Uh, we saw that play out with her gameplay in particular. We've seen some incredible strategies starting to form. I'm thinking of the Alpha Male Alliance uh, on Bayon. And I'm excited for what comes next. Now, I have not seen the season yet. Um, I do know who wins. But even with Survivor, I feel like that's not an issue for me. So if you're like me and you have, if you're watching the season for the first time, please feel free to join us back here another time. Ollie and Abraham, what are we excited about moving forward uh, to see in the season? Just how everyone's going to like, how the dynamics are going to swift, like change and like elevate. Cause this season, especially it's like, again, you've got returners, they've been voted in by the public and this game especially you can feel the anticipation with all of them so i'm just excited to see the gameplay and how the dynamic and everything's gonna it, i feel like it's gonna be like this everything's gonna change on a dime and i'm really excited to see that yeah it's great to go back and look at this is this is the reason why i apply for survival you know looking at the way the game is played the strategies the the, the moves the non-moves the uh and bringing back a whole team of previous castaways I'm trying to be another castaway to come back. Um, I, I think it's going to be great just to see. Like you said, we've seen the season before. We know who wins, but I don't remember how people played. And I want to go back and see how they played the game of Survivor in those conditions, different from mine, different country. And But we got returning players. So I'm, I'm excited to see how it all unfolds. Because even looking at episode one, um, I don't know how we got to the vote. And I'm looking at, okay, now I go back and look at the episode. I can see how it develops and how we got to that vote and what makes that vote a good vote. So it's just exciting to be able to be back on Survivor again, looking at an episode that, you know, was one of the ones I reviewed once I got the call and said, okay, I want to take from them on how I play the game. So it's going to be fun to go back and see this. one. This is a good choice. I'm not sure who picked it. I can't remember who picked the, Matthew, did you pick the season? The fans picked the season. Yeah, the People voted it. on Instagram. No, no, no. Who picked this? Oh, nice. Oh, nice. yeah. Okay. Just like how this season got the castaways, how <laughs> we got choose this one, it was the fans. That, hey, that's that's hey, look, we're staying in line with what the fans want. So that's great. Well, I want to thank all of you for joining us today on this discussion. I'm so excited to see how this season plays out. It looks like there's a lot to look forward to. So thank you for joining Survivor Now podcast for this episode. We'll be back soon with episode two. Thank you all again for joining and have a great rest of your day.